Welcome to Nerd Talk, the podcast that talks about everything nerdy. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead, and each week, me and my friends will be discussing some of our favorite topics. We're talking superheroes, Star Wars, Pokemon, Harry Potter, and that's just to name a few. You don't want to miss out on this because this is Nerd Talk. Hey guys, and welcome back to Nerd Talk. This is week two of our Avengers series. Guys, tonight we are talking about Infinity War and Endgame. Again, I've got with me Casey and Micah. They came back for part two. So we are super excited to get into this. So what we're doing is we're kind of talking about some of the different parts to the series. Uh, we're talking about the movies themselves, how uh, we enjoyed them, what some of our takes were on them. And so we're going to go ahead and dive right into Infinity War. Micah, I'm actually going to start with you here. And I know that, that, Micah, we had talked at one point, and you said that you love Infinity War because it was a comic book, straight up, straight movie, like from a comic book, and you just, you love this movie as a whole. So give me, like, your fresh perspective of this movie, unless I've got the wrong person. You're making faces at me. No, I was just going to say, like, because when we did last week's episode, you were talking a little bit about how, oh, let's, let's recap these movies, and, like, I feel like, is this a test? Because, like, I want to see how much, yeah know we don't know for these movies um out of the four infinity war is my favorite um i just thought they did such a great job um you know wrapping up uh thor ragnarok you know leading right into um infinity war and then how they even left the movie on a cliffhanger you know wondering what was going to happen in the fourth avengers movie so um i don't know where you want to start i don't know if you want to start right at the beginning of the movie or just like an overall synopsis but uh i think out of the four is my favorite yeah, so, so I'm going to actually start with a little bit of trivia on this. Uh, so we get to the beginning of this film, and there's a guy screaming on the phone, like, help us, help us, Mayday, Mayday. The, uh, the Ragnarok Asgardian ship is, is under attack, and like we, we need help. We're SOSing and things like that. So the guy who actually did that, his name is Kenneth Bragnaw. I think I slaughtered his last name. But he, he was the director of Thor from the original movie, and he was also, if you're a Harry Potter fan, uh, Gilderoy Lockhart. Aha! Uh-huh. Which I've got I've got some Potterheads over here. So uh, I, I love the, the way it kind of worked out, because I, I found that out not long ago when I was prepping for this one. Uh, just looking for a little bit of trivia on it, and they said that the director from Thor came in to voice the SOS call. So they go ahead and they start out, and what were your thoughts on, like, just the opening scene with with Thanos and his his kind of his four horsemen as 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 I call them the Black Order, uh, just having his his kind of guys right there and and the snapping of Loki's neck, <laughs> like that was just a whoops. and then Heimdall was like dying right there and 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 Thor and and you had Hulk and like what were, what were your thoughts on that one, Micah? I thought that. Um you heard about Thanos, right? You saw all these little little nuggets of Thanos and what he um, was about, but you never really saw him in action. And so for the first time uh, in that opening scene of Infinity where you saw what uh, Thanos was all about and how evil he could be. And um, I thought they did a great job of, like, again, they just segued right from where they left off in Thor Ragnarok uh, right into Infinity War and... Um, 
Thanos was in search of, you know, obviously the Tesseract and, um, Loki, the God of mischief, you know, thought that he could get away with it and, uh, you know, put one over on Thanos, but to no avail. And, um, he said that, what was his line? He said, I pledge my undying allegiance to you. And then, you know, he called him out on it and then he snapped his neck and, um, Thor, right? Thor's my favorite. And, um, to this point, Thor has been through so much, losing his mother, losing his uh, sister, losing, um, you know, his father. And then, you know, at this point, he doesn't even know where Jane Foster is. And so, um, watching his brother die right in front of him, um, you know, sets the tone for that movie. So it was, I thought it was an amazing thing scene just to, to show, they call him the Mad Titan for a reason. And it was just kind of setting the stage for what he was going to do, what kind of havoc he was going to, you know, wreak on the MCU. Absolutely. I was reading uh, an article today where the creator of Thanos was afraid that they were going to uh, Joss Whedon it with the, 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 uh, the Justice League kind of style. He was like, I hope they don't like, not show the background and some of the storytelling uh, to help create this this amazing villain because Thanos Thanos has a an amazing backstory and he he plays such a vital role in the in the Marvel Comics universe and to bring him to life on the on the big screen the creator was like I just don't want him to botch it and I was afraid they were going to botch him uh, the way that Zach or not Zack Snyder but uh, the way that uh, Joss Whedon ended up botching uh, Steppenwolf in in the Justice League movie. And so he was talking about it, and I think that they just it. He was menacing from the beginning. He was he like you knew from that moment. Okay, this is not a type of villain that they're gonna kill off real quick. Like this is going to be at least a long story. This is going to be at least a villain that is going to. I don't know. Like for me personally, like Thanos became one of my favorite villains. Like in the entire MCU, you look at, at different villains, and and some of them are, are remarkable. I like. Uh, like the vulture, and I like I liked Red Skull, uh, but some of them are not memorable, like Whiplash and uh, Abomination. Like they they just aren't some some are great villains and some are okay villains, some just downright stink. But Thanos, I think from the very beginning of that movie, he just he set the precedence. Like I am Thanos, I am inevitable. Well, well, think of the journey. Like we talk about the journey, some of these characters have been on for you know twenty plus films. And just think of the journey that Thanos went on, even in, you know, the beginning of Infinity War through the end of Endgame, right? Like, they just, the journey he had to literally go on to, to different places to, you know, get all the Infinity Stones. Um, I just thought it was incredible. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts, Casey, on, on Thanos in the opening sequence? Um, I actually really liked it. Uh, I think it was that moment where you realize, like... Thanos has been this background character for so long. And you're like, yeah, he's menacing, but like, what what can he do? And then you open up with something that powerful. You're like, oh, people are going to die in this movie. Like, I don't know who, but a hero's going to die. <laughs> like, I can feel it. Yeah. I, th- I think that they handled his opening. He Just by killing Loki, I was kind of like, oh, please tell me this is wrong. Like, like bring Loki back because there is no way that I'm going to be able to stand. Like, Loki, Loki was one of those fun characters that I liked how he showed up and like he was constantly a pain in Thor's side. So like he may not have been the main villain in all of Thor's movies, but like he was still a villain in the movies and he always like got a mischief it. And I, I thought that was a lot of fun and, and I liked that. And then he just snaps his neck and I'm like, Oh, 
But then, um, and I don't know if you guys have read the the storyline this they pulled the scripting from with an, I think it was Infinity Gauntlet, um, but they they pulled the the storyline and all that from it, and they uh, they do the the whole Rainbow Bridge Hulk into the Sanctum Sanctorum. Well, I don't know if it was it might have been the Hulk, it might have been Drax. I can't remember who it was. Uh, but they they did almost scene for scene that exact same situation and like into the sanctum sanctorum, uh, busting in through through a rainbow bridge kind of situation, um, which was really really cool. I loved how that that was done. Um, so so then we we see, uh, uh, how how did, well let's let's go into this. How did you guys like Wanda and Vision, uh, with with their relationship is now in full swing? Like they they had a, a little getaway hideaway spot. Um, what was your guys' thoughts with that? Right before the fight with the the Black Order. Mm, I mean, it was cool to see them finally together, knowing that they've been together in the comics. Um, I feel like maybe it could have been more developed. Maybe they go more into that, like with WandaVision and stuff. Obviously, they go into it, but it, like at that point, you you don't know what really happened in like the past. What was it? Two years since Civil War or something like that. I think it was like a year and a half to two years. Yeah, yeah something like that. like that. So like you kind of see a little bit of it, but you don't. I feel like there. I w- I just wish there was more backstory. But it was cool to see. Don't get me wrong. I just wish there was more backstory to it. Yeah. Which brings me to Micah. What was your thoughts on it? I know you love you love Wanda, and and I know you liked WandaVision. So what was your what was your thoughts there? I thought it was cool. Like they just it just showed where they were at. Um, post-Civil War and what they were going to do with um, them as a couple. Like, they were kind of actually just living the normal life and they were able to kind of get away from that superhero life even though they were still kind of in the fold. But um, I think they did a good job of you know, being incognito for a second and before the Black Order came. And, you know, obviously, you know, they were there for, you know, vision <laughs> uh, to get the you know the mind stone but um something that i and i just thought about this and i know this is like kind of going backwards a little bit but um something that i would have liked to see even though they purposely segue from ragnarok into the beginning of infinity war but like how they um how thanos got the power stone from xandar oh yeah like, i, I would have loved to see that i wish they would have shown that because guardians of the galaxy they worked so hard to get that and you know lock it up and all they all they show is that thanos has it in the you know the gauntlet at the beginning of the infinity war movie so like i would have liked to seen a little bit more of that but back to your uh, question i thought they did a good job of i'm actually going to play off that a little bit um i think that that is going to be revisited so like last week's episode we talked about you know going forward what some films may like do some back like like looking back and do some some flashbacks and stuff I genuinely think that when the Nova movie happens, because there's one one character, Nova, he comes in and he's like the last of the Nova Corps. I think that they're going to show Thanos decimating the Nova Corps and that he will be like a young young kid surviving that. I think that'll happen. So uh, what, what were your thoughts when when Captain America and the Falcon and Black Widow showed up to help save them? I loved it, and you're not going to hear me say that much about Captain America, but I think (laughs) my favorite performance of Captain America was in in Infinity War. Like, outside of his movies, was in Infinity War. Um, The one where he doesn't have the shield. 
What's that? The one where he doesn't have the shield. Oh, I I think it's because he looks different. He's on he's on the move. He's got longer hair. He's got a beard. Well, he was he's... more like nomad at that point. Right. They all were because they had they had bucked the system, so to speak. Yeah. No pun intended. I want right? to see that movie no. honestly because <laughs> they bucked the system. I, I just bucked that the was system. great. But. I think that they they did a great job. Like even Natasha looked different. She had blonde hair instead of red hair. It was shorter. They they all had this combat gear on, and they just looked really really cool. Um, and it looked different from the traditional Captain America blue, uh, red, white, and blue shield with the, the you know his, his hood and everything. It, it wasn't the traditional costumes that they they had been wearing up until that point. Um, I thought that they did a great job of. Um, we didn't talk about this yet, but the music in these movies. Um, when when there's that pause in the, the music and then cap catches the the spear and like you know like it's the dark and the train goes by and all of a sudden oh, they yeah. hit that theme and you're like oh yep it's about to get busy right and so that that's probably one of my like top three favorite scenes in that movie yeah i have to agree with uh, mike on this one that was amazing to see that i honestly want to see a whole movie with just that team of three like running from Hydra and like taking down Hydra yeah. agents, that would be a great like, like a Secret Avengers movie. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that would yeah, that, that would be, be really yeah. cool. So yeah, I just got so excited. I was like, oh. and they looked so cool, like you said, because they didn't look like the Star Spangled, you know, Boy Scout. It was they I'm weren't the bright secret, and shiny. Yeah. They they had a little yeah. bit of dirt on them. They yeah. were they were on the run. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Yeah. The sad thing though is. I hated the fact that Hawkeye was not in this film. Like I would have, I would have loved to see Hawkeye running with them, or Ant Man running with them. And I, I know that they did their own things, and they're they're still continuing those stories. But I'm like, man, that would have been really cool to see Hawkeye with those three. So, uh, I I think that one of the other cool parts was they all start to get to they they kind of start getting the band back together. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and, and kind of jump backwards in the film a little bit. What about the other big kind of grouping scene when when you had Wong and Stephen Strange with Bruce Banner and Tony Stark? And the four of them are all together. <laughs> and then doesn't uh, Spider-Man show up? A yeah, later? and then Spider-Man is up, ends up showing up. Because he's on the bus. Yep. Yeah. I speaking of the bus i think that's one of my favorite things that i've recently seen was uh someone said that if you look at the line that stan lee says he's like what haven't you ever seen a spaceship over new york city before and i'm like that was a reference towards the first avengers movie that was great like he he's like oh it doesn't phase me the avengers will get it and i was like oh that's great so what, what were your guys' thoughts on uh the the team up of of i guess two uh two sherlock holmes and then some sidekicks. I thought it was hilarious. It was actually one of the funnier group ups. I think it almost beats like the Guardians of the Galaxy team up sort of for me right there. <laughs> he's like, what's going on? Sp- wizards are fighting aliens or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or when he calls, I don't know which one it is, Squidward. <laughs> that cracked me Yeah, he calls him Squidward. <laughs> yeah. He's like, listen up, Squidward. The Earth is closed today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then... Um, the whole thing where Hulk, you know, can't, you know, he can't Hulk up, and he's like, "Where's your guy? Where's your guy?" He's like, "I need you." He's like, "He's like, he's like, I know there, there's a thing." He's like, "That's a thing." <laughs> yeah. 
I was expecting yeah. like a callback to the first Avengers movie, and he's like, it's a common problem. Happens like one out of five guys or something like that when he's talking to Loki with the scepter and it doesn't work. That, I think there were some, some subtle hints to some of that kind of stuff. I think it was just done really well. So so they they have that moment and then Spider-Man shows up and he's he's well you've got Steve and Strange or Doctor Strange uh flying around in the in the the cloak and you've got Squidward running around right behind him and then Spider-Man's like trying to dodge stuff that that the sorcerer is throwing at him and whatnot and and I I think that was a really cool moment because they get Doctor Strange and then they take him aboard their ship, and then Spider-Man finally suits up in his Iron Spider suit. Mm-hmm. I will say I was kind of, I don't know, part of me wanted to see more of a red and gold like Iron Man-ish suit. Not so many of the color schemes of Spider-Man, but more of an mm-hmm. Iron Man style, because like, it's an Iron Man suit, yeah. and like from the comics. Because uh, that suit specifically came into play in the Civil War storyline back in, I think, 2006 was when that storyline happened. And so I was expecting, like, oh, three prongs coming out, really big prongs, and then uh, you would you would have that plus, like, red and gold. And that wasn't the, the suit. And I I was pleasantly surprised. I liked I liked the new suit. So what were your guys' thoughts on Spider-Man and his new new Stark suit, the, the Iron Spider? I like the Iron Spider. I actually think it was a nice setup for the next movie when you get to see instant kill mode. Oh, yeah. So, I thought that was a... Like, I don't know if that was intentional or not. Especially, I assume it was getting him into the Iron Spider suit so that eventually down the road they could throw in a cool scene like that. But I like... Well, I think it made, sense, though, it made sense, though, too. Because he was, they were, you know, going out of the atmosphere of the earth and he obviously couldn't breathe in his cloth mask. Yeah. So he had to have something. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why, I think with the story that was told, that's why they did that. I think. Maybe I th- I'm wrong. I don't know. I think, I think you're, you're tracking there it was, it, it was specific to an atmospheric, like it, it was supposed to make sense from a science point of view. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that it was done really well. I liked that. Um, I also really loved the whole uh, all the bantering that was on that ship when you've got Doctor Strange, Iron Man, and uh, Spider Man because you Spider Man just in every movie when he's interacting with with Tony he's like Have you seen that really old movie? <laughs> yeah. And he's like Have you seen this old movie Aliens? And he's like Oh my gosh I can't believe I'm dealing with a kid this young like because he's like. Didn't carbon date him. <laughs> yeah, I didn't carbon date him. Uh, but but they start looking at some of those things, and he's he's like, "Is this your plan?" He's like, "Nope, it was the kids." And like then they blow out the side of the ship, and and the guy flies out, um, which I I thought that was really cool because it's like you're seeing all these other movie references that have literally no connection, and then years later Disney ends up buying Fox and all the assets, and now they own Alien. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, so it was just one of those really cool moments that I, I really uh, appreciated and enjoyed. <clears throat> what about you, Casey? Did you something that I or yeah, Micah, go ahead. No, I was going to say something that we didn't really touch on was the fact that um, after that happens, the battle in New York before they go to space, um, when Wong is closing the portal and he's like, he's talking to Banner and he's like, Banner, do you want to come with me? And he's like, No, I'm going to make a phone call, and it was to call Captain America, yeah. and. Uh, 
something that I just connected the dots because that's what we do in MCU talk is we just mm-hmm. connect these dots of the overarching story. And something I just thought about was he, Tony and Cap hadn't talked since Civil War. Like they just, they went their separate ways. They were mad at each other over the whole Bucky thing. And um, Tony really didn't want to call Cap at the beginning of Infinity War. He just didn't want to do it. And so I thought it was kind of ironic that you know, Banner was the guy that ended up making the phone call. And then, you know, fast forward to Endgame. I know we haven't talked about that yet. Like, you know, they, they end up making up, you know, so to speak. But um, I thought it was kind of convenient that the phone was left behind and Banner had the call. Well, Tony obviously went off and did other things in space. Yeah, I think I think the way that the, the Russo brothers really handled breaking the, the Avengers up, because, I mean, they they did civil war and they were supposed to specifically break the Avengers up so that it was harder for them to work as a team so that way they would fail in this movie, and I think that they they handled it very well because it was harder for them to get back together in Infinity War because they were already broken up and then they go into two different teams and all these new heroes start to to enter the fold. I mean, they hadn't met Doctor Strange yet. Black Panther had barely been in uh, at that point. Is there anybody else that hadn't been met yet? Captain Marvel Garden. hadn't been met, but she she ha- she shows up in Endgame. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy haven't shown up yet, so you've got all these characters who are going to start showing up, and they've all got to come together for one big event. And I'm like, whoa! Like it was just done really well. That like it was kind of like Avengers A team, B team, and C team. So like you had you had a full roster just moving around. Speaking of the Guardians of the Galaxy, what were your guys' thoughts of? of the way that they handled those characters in reference to infinity war. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I love it. I mean, they just bring such a, a charisma to the movies and um, you know, a lightheartedness and like a jokingness to things like, you know, they don't take things serious, but I mean, they get the job done. Um, but, you know, setting up, uh, you know, bringing Thor into the fold with them. And then, you know, I think it's just a nod to what they're going to do in the future with, you know, guardians three and, you know, even Thor love and thunder. Maybe I don't know how they're going to tile those together because at the end of Endgame game, they're together Thor and the guardians. Um, but I just love how they introduce it. And they're just floating around in space, having a good old time. And they're like, wait, you know, what do we have to do? We're going to go rescue people. And they're like, why do we want to do that? Well, it's because what we do, it's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's what we do. And then like, they're just so happy go lucky about things. And I think they bring a lot of charisma to the MCU. Yeah. I say, I really loved it too. Like he said, they're so lighthearted, but I loved the, what I like to call the battle of the Chris's Chris Hemsworth versus Chris Pratt, where they were like fighting over who's the leader or who's the strongest. It gave a lot of levity to a movie that we knew was kind of going to be dark. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think one of my favorite things was when Chris Pratt's Star-Lord is talking with Rocket and you're looking at that moment and you're just like, you're scared. You're running away because you're scared. And then Rocket is the one that ends up surviving out of the whole crew. He's the only one that, that survives the, the snap. Mm. And it's like... Kind of ironic. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I think that was one of the, the few moments where they, they truly set it up. And they, they had things ready, lined up. I mean, they already knew what Endgame was going to look like. And so they have all this all set up. And I, I think it was just done really well. I also loved the scene where they're making Stormbreaker. Mm. I think yeah. Storm, that, that scene, it holds a lot of weight. I, 
I will say this. I was kind of saddened that Peter Dinklage was the character that he played. Because there's another character, and I forget his name off the top of my head, but there's like a goblin-like character that uh, he, he's a munchkin kind of feel, and I think that Peter Dinklage could have totally played this character versus, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably post it uh, in, the, in the comments or whatnot to, to this episode later, uh, but, but he plays this character, and I'm like, that's not who I thought you were going to be, but that's okay. Like, it's totally fine, and I, I loved seeing, like, a huge troll version that's, like, doesn't have hands because he's, like, did you notice that, that Peter Dinklage's character yeah. didn't have, he had, like, yeah. iron stubs. I didn't catch that the first time. Like, I, th- I thought he was just using fists. I didn't realize he didn't actually have hands in that moment. And I thought that was done really, really well. And I think, if I remember correctly, Thanos was the one that chopped his hands off. So that way he could not make mm-hmm. make stuff for anyone else. Yeah, I think else. you're right. Which I think even leads you, uh, or leads us into, like, the Battle of Wakanda. Like, m- one of my favorite scenes is after Stormbreaker is made... Uh, when Thanos, or I'm sorry, not Thanos, when Thor, uh, Rocket, and Groot fly to uh, Wakanda, and they just show up, and then Banner's like, you guys are in so much trouble now. That is my favorite scene in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. It gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. Yeah. When he lands on Wakanda, and he's just like, bring me Thanos, I'm like, somebody's about to die. Yeah. <laughs> because yep. Thanos, you know, Thor is, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he's like, you know, you're going to die for that, because he killed Loki. Yeah. Like, you're going to die for and he, so when he, he says, was ready, Thanos, I'm like, yeah, boy, get you some. <laughs> well, and then immediately it's like time to be funny. Like I Captain America. And he's like, I see you copied my beard. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, this is my friend <laughs> raccoon and tree. And tree's like, I am Groot. And Steve goes, I, I am Steve, Steve Rogers. Rogers. <laughs> I love that line. I think that was one of the best lines. I think the only thing that even comes close to that was when they enter Wakanda at the beginning of like the, that portion of Wakanda and uh, Rhodey looks at Banner and he's like, or, or Banner says, do we bow? And he's like, yeah. And like he bows to T'Challa and he's like, we don't do that here. And, and he looks <laughs> right at Rhodey and Rhodey's laughing. Like there, there was enough in oh. there that like made us laugh, but we knew the, the, uh, the stakes were high. And I think that was something that the Russo brothers handled very well. They, they wrote some of the funny stuff in, but they also knew, hey, the stakes are high. And I think that was probably some of those jokes came from the fact that they sat down. And I was I was watching some of the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. John Favreau, Kevin Feige, James Gunn, and the Russo brothers would brainstorm, how can we write these characters? How can we handle these? So, like, the, the Russo brothers had never touched uh, – they'd never touched the Hulk. They had never touched uh, – the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, like, and and at that point, they hadn't touched Doctor Strange yet. So they started to sit down with some of the other uh, guys who had, who had directed their movies, and they said, okay, we want to go this direction. How would you have handled this to help build the what you are already building on? Because uh, I know that the director for Multiverse of Madness is now Sam Raimi, uh, who, who did the original Spider-Man trilogy. Mm-hmm. But originally, it was supposed to be the same director from the first Doctor Strange. And so he, he like sat down with each of the, the, or the brothers sat down with each of them and were like, how would you handle these characters? How would you move forward uh, as we write them? And I think that was just done really well. And I, I loved how they brought Shuri into the mix mm-hmm. and like, oh, there's someone actually here smarter than, than us. And, and she and Bruce kind of had their, 
their witty banter where you would have had Tony Stark had he been there. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> going back to uh, Tony, when when they get to the guard or the guardians show up, and they're like, "Where's Gamora? I'll do you one better. Who is Gamora?" And then Drax, "I'll do you one Why? better. Why, Why is Gamora?" Gamora? <laughs> and did you know that he actually improved that? Him and Chris Pratt, yes. like like he came uh, up yes. with it or something like that. And Chris Pratt's like, "You have to say that." Yeah. And like they just they straight up like threw that in like nobody expected it. And I heard that they they straight faced it enough to get it into the movie. And I don't know that it was a multiple take. I think that was a one the first time. So well, even back if you go back to the beginning of the movie when we're talking about New York City and um, Doctor Strange, Wong, you know, Banner, Iron Man, uh, when Banner and Iron Man having having the discussion about the the Avengers, and he's like, "The Avengers are toast." We broke up. And he's like, what? You mean like a band? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a boy band? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we broke up. Yeah. I, I so love all those little one-liners. It, it yeah. was. And it it's kind of – I think that just shows what real life also looks like. It's not always this massive joking session. It's mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just the one-liners. And yeah. there's enough sarcasm and there's enough just like those those few moments here and there that someone says the right thing at the right time. And I mean, I see it in my own friend groups. Uh, we'll, one of us will say the right thing. And I see mom. Yeah, yeah. At, Ka- at Casey's at Casey's wedding, his brother's like, "I see mom," because it got awkward, and he was he was looking out the window at the hotel room as we were all getting ready. And he's like, "Oh, I see mom." Like we don't know if he actually saw mom. He just it was just properly timed, and we got a good laugh out of it. Um, but sometimes you see those moments. But if you're not there for those moments, you don't understand it. But you go back and watch a movie, and you can be like, "Oh, I I caught that reference." I got that reference. Yeah, right there. Our Captain America quote from Avengers. Uh, but you see some of those things, and I, I think that they just they wrote it so well. One thing I want to bring up while I'm thinking about it before we get too far. Um, this is, I think, it might be a fan theory. It might be something that's real, but like I saw somebody say that like Thanos only attacked, Thanos attacked, because the people who could have stopped him were gone. Odin had passed. The Ancient One was gone, and Star-Lord's father had been destroyed. Like, the three big guys of the universe were gone. I think the, out of the ones that we had met, that, that, does, that tracks and that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and Doctor Strange was not on the planet. Yeah. And so it just kind of, the timing was right, but also the stones had all been found except for the Soul Stone at that point. Mm-hmm. Or was, was it, no, it wasn't the, was it the Soul Stone? Was that the one? Yeah, because mind, yeah. mind and, and uh, space were from the first one. Uh, so the Soul Stone was the only one that hadn't been found yet, even though Gamora knew where it was. Yeah. So what what were you guys' thoughts about him chucking Gamora off the rock? No, I, I think it proved that he loved her. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Simple. Like, he, he didn't want to do it, and like... Uh, a soul for a soul and what was the other part of that where it's like you know someone i think he's like something about like has to be somebody that you love or care about and she laughed she was like she was she laughed she's like there's no way because you don't care about me yeah and there was well, a tear in his eye as he's getting ready to throw her off the side of this mountain and you just knew that he actually loved her and he cared about her and he didn't want to do it but he he didn't care he was torn 
I think it, it kind of parallels. Last week we were talking about how Bible stories have been affecting the MCU, and I think that that is a, uh, I mean, it, it kind of parallels with two stories with God sending his own son Jesus to the cross, but it also kind of hits with uh, Isaac uh, and Abraham. Mm-hmm. And I think that him sacrificing his own child, I mean, even though not biological, uh, just just loving that kid and, and making that sacrifice, he was like, I believe in this, and it was it was I think it was done really well. Yeah, I say I think it actually humanizes Thanos. He's not just like, like you said, he cares about someone. It's not just like I'm maniacally evil for maniacal sake, like to be evil. He's not like Voldemort where you can't relate to him or something like that. It's like, I oh, think, wait a yeah, minute. He has real emotions and feelings and passion for this. I would completely agree with that. I think that was one of the biggest moments that like I latched onto him and I fell in love with that character because I was like, his story was done really well. He wasn't just the villain just for villain's sake. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He wasn't just evil. He had a purpose. And I think he was the most relatable because you could understand and you could cope with it and you could figure things out and like you could see where he was going he did the wrong things for the right reason. Like mm-hmm. he, he was doing what he could. So, well, oh God. I mean, it, I, no, I was going to say you could, we, we talked about it in, in, in another episode, but like, was Anakin wrong in star Wars? He was so conflicted, but was he wrong in what he did? Yes. Killing younglings was a bad thing, but like the whole Jedi versus the po- political side of things, like, was he wrong? And then like Thanos was like, well, do I commit genocide so that I can, you know, save half of the population or, or, or don't I mm-hmm. like what he, what he believed he was doing was right. Regardless yeah. of how you look at it, like there's redemption on both sides of that coin. Like it, from his I, point of view, the Jedi were evil. Yeah. yeah. I will say this though, just on our side tangent on star Wars, he killed the only person to ever call him master. That little boy said, Master Skywalker, and I think that triggered him because he didn't have the rank of Master, and he was just like, you're done. Nope, we're, we're, we're killing y'all. And then, and just takes them all out. All right, so back to, to Avengers. Uh, we start to see the end of this this movie, and how torn were you when Vision asks Wanda to to destroy the gym and kill him? Like, did that did that hit you? Nope. No, I was gonna say I wasn't inve- too much invested. I mean, in as, that as invested as I am in their their characters, I'm like, you, dude, you gotta do what you gotta do because, like, realistically, Vision's not like a, a real being. Like, he's he's a robot, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, he and I get that she loves him, but at the same time, if it saves the universe, then you have to make that sacrifice. And I remember seeing that movie in the theaters. I saw it twice, but the first time I was like, oh, just kill him so you can save the world. <laughs> just kill him. Well, so so. She does that, and when I was in the movie theater, I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's actually gonna do it!" And yeah. then, as soon as I, as soon as it exploded, I was like, "He has the time stone. This, this is gonna play out just like the cartoons." Right. So, so in the in the cartoons, they have uh, there's one time where the the Avengers face Thanos, and they have a ploy because where he uses one stone at a time, and so like there's one where he turns the Avengers all old. And uh, Thor gets stronger the older he gets. So, like, he's, like, Odin old. And he, like, comes in and, like, his lightning is a lot worse. And I was, like, I kind of wanted to see something like that play out. But I was like, I started to think about Doctor Strange and how he turned the apple back. And I was, like, he's just going to do that right here. He's, he's going to reverse time here. Because he just, he this is the last stone he needs. Mm. And so I was, like, oh, no. 
this was all for all in vain. Like this, this isn't going to mean anything. And then it happened. I was like, oh. Well, out of all the scenes in that movie, I felt like that took the longest. I would agree there. I mean, like, I know it was slow on purpose, but it just felt like it drug on and on and on and on. And I'm like, I didn't know that it was intentional again, but like, come on, just (laughs) do it already. Yeah. So, so we get there and then Thor comes in swinging for, for, uh, for the head or or he, 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 not for the head. Yeah. Not for that. He goes for a kill and he, he puts it right, right at the collarbone. And, and and he pushes it in a little bit, and he's like, "You should have gone for the head," and then snaps. What were your thoughts at the snapping point? I was still curious as to what was going to happen. Like, how was how was he going to? Was he literally just going to make them disappear? Were they going to die? Like, what what what, what was going to happen at that point? What would have happened had they done like the bubbles, kind of like with the reality stone? Yeah. Like, had they all just bubbled away? Like yeah, that would have been really weird. Were they going somewhere else? I was very curious as to what was going to happen next. I wasn't so much like, oh no, he did it. I'm like, well, now what happens? He just snapped. Like, what's going to happen now? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, what, you know, when. Um, the guardians are on uh, on their ship after, right after they just pick up Thor. Um, uh, Gamora is going into detail about like what happens if you know Thanos were to get all this you know the stones and like he could just snap his finger and wipe half of existence with just a snap of a finger. Um, you just wonder what was going to happen. Like, was he just going to like Jordan said? You know, were they going to turn into bubbles? Were they going to turn into ashes? Were they just going to fall over and die? Like what? <laughs> But you know, in future movies, I think it 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 helped that they just they fizzled away to ashes because nobody knew moving forward who was actually gone and who wasn't. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So so at the end, we've got Nebula and Tony on Titan, and then you have uh, Natasha Erica. Uh, who else was was still alive at that point? Wanda, Your boyfriend, Captain America. Yep. Uh, was, Ro- Rocket was Black Panther still there, or did he disappear? No, he he disappeared. He got snapped. So you have Thor, uh, Cap, Natasha, or Black Widow, uh, Rocket, Raccoon. You had the Hulk. Hulk, yeah. And it's it, yep. it it kind of dwindles down into this small group, and that's it. And then you hit the the end credit scene, and you see Nick Fury send out a page. And you just see the the Captain Marvel logo as he's as he's fizzling away and dusting away, and so that was it. And then we have a year of literally waiting, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I was just like, "Okay, I got a fan theory. Of this like, where are they gonna go? What are they gonna do? Like, how are they? They're, they're gonna bring everybody back. Like, nobody's dead, dead." Um, and I was like, "Okay, how are they gonna handle this?" And then we get to uh, Endgame. And so now, they they burn or uh, in between you had Captain Marvel and Ant Man and the Wasp, and Ant Man gets thrown into the quantum realm at the end of his thing, and then everybody gets dusted and he can't get get out until the Rat shows up and and pulls him out in the end game, just a, a by chance situation. So what were your guys' thoughts on uh, having Ant Man join the Avengers in this in this end game for the for the heist and all that? So finally. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I loved Ant Man from the first Scott Lang's Ant Man from the beginning, and then they kind of brought him in during Civil War, and I'm like, sweet, he's gonna get to be like in the training thing now, and like he's gonna be like a funny Avenger that's like not Tony Stark smirky. He's just like that goofy weird guy that everybody loves. It's kind of like the stupid humor that's yeah. just gonna hop in, and like, then he yeah. never showed up at the Avengers. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, I think he. Um He's a, that perfect dusting of comedy and in the right place at the right time. And I think, again, we, we could say this about a lot of different characters, but if like certain things didn't happen, who knows what would have happened with the story over our, you know, overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being said, you know, him being stuck in the quantum realm, if that would have never happened and then, you know, him by chance getting out of the quantum realm, you know, and then going to see, um, you know, Cap and Natasha, kind of explaining, hey, I've, I've been stuck in the quantum realm. What if I could if I could tell you that, it, you know, it was, you know, realistically only 15 minutes. Uh, I've been in there five years, but it felt like five minutes or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. If that wouldn't have happened, then could they have done the time heist? Could they have, you know, snatched the other stones again and, and made that all happen again? Who knows? Yeah, so, so we start to – so the opening sequence was when they go and, and take out Thanos. Um, I love <laughs> – I feel like Rocket Raccoon has some really good one-liners, and and that's yep. just the Guardians writing and, and stuff with them. But he's like, "How many of you have never been to space before?" <laughs> and the like, majority of them throw their hands up. They throw their hands up, and and he's like, "This is gonna be fun. Strap in." And like, you kind of see like when they when they go faster and all that, you see Steve kind of just in awe and in wonder of like all the stuff that's going on. And they land on Titan, and they have. Uh, they already yeah had... yeah but hang on hang on rocket says throw up on my ship i'm pretty sure he says that he's like don't throw up on my ship <laughs> yeah after he asks I... how many of them have been to space he's like how many of you have been to space and they raise their hands he's like yeah don't throw up on my ship yep because <laughs> then they have to do the so what they didn't show was they would have had to guardians 2 and do the the jumping through the portals so that way they yeah. could have got faster over to the spot so yeah, and like you said, Steve's eyes got really, really big. Yeah, he was just like, "Whoa, this is this is crazy and cool." And then they go in and they take out Thanos, and my heart broke at the very beginning because he's like, "I destroyed the stones. There's no coming back." And then they, Thor just straight up decapitates him. He went for the head. This yeah, time. he he went for the he head. Took the advice. So I started looking at it, and I was just like, I remember being in the movie theater. And I'm, my heart literally just sank. I'm like, if they're going to do it that way, this literally has to be a time travel movie. Because there's no other way that they're going to be able to do this unless there's magic heavily involved. But Doctor Strange isn't there. And the last time we saw him, he said that there was only one out of like 14 million or 14 billion difference. 14 billion 65, I think. Yeah, it was, some, it was like, yeah, some astronomical number. And just looking at it, it's like, where are you going to go with this? So then you have Ant-Man come in and say, all right, hey, we're going to do a time heist. Can this work? And they're like, well, we'll have to, to check the numbers and things like that to see if it would work. And then we meet Smart Hulk. So what were your guys' thoughts on on Smart Hulk, uh, where they had Bruce Banner and the Hulk kind of brain and brawn come together? What were your thoughts on that? I thought it was cool. Um, I, I feel like it was more of a nod to there was like an Amadeus Cho was like the Hulk at that point in the mm. comic books where he was like that. He was like the Hulk all the time, but he still retained his intelligence. I thought it was more interesting that like the Hulk was like a celebrity 
more than he was like Brain and Braun. He was like people would come up and be like, "Oh my gosh, it's the Hulk!" and like everybody would be like, "Hi!" When like before he was like this menace. So I was like, "What? How did he do that? That's cool." Yeah. Yeah, I liked. I I enjoyed it because it was something different. Um, when you sent us the topics for for tonight's show, I thought, you know, this is uh, just another way to give another dimension to character development and I thought that they did a good job with that like you had asked about I think Hawkeye and him being Ronan but um and then the questions you sent us but I think they did a good job with with Hulk too like it wasn't just Banner and it wasn't just Hulk it was kind of a combination and it was something new and it was something fresh and something to further his story as we go through the 22 movies up to this point so um I enjoyed it I thought they did too like they did a good job with him oh absolutely I think that a lot of fans were upset about it, but now it gives a wherever they're going to go from here, which I think his next appearance is supposed to be in She-Hulk, uh, the next Disney yeah. Plus series that's supposed to be with him in it. Uh, I think that it gives this dimension of, because I heard that Abomination is supposed to be in it, and I'm hoping that uh, they'll do that and the leader. I heard the leader might show up. And I'm like, could you imagine if he has to help She-Hulk, but then he has to figure out the brains and the bronze? and figure out like what to use where and, and like to like maybe have to kind of separate the two at certain points and like go out all rage at some points and then be like no br- or no bronze some brain or mostly brains at the certain point like just trying to figure out what's going to work in what situations i think that that'll be really cool can i can i ask what you guys thought like before we get too far into it like what you guys thought of the whole beginning segment of the movie i love the first 20 minutes of the movie like endgame is not my favorite of the four I thought it was a good movie. Infinity War is my favorite. But, like, that first 20 minutes where they go, they find Thanos, they chop his head off, they realize the stones are gone, and then they fast forward five years. What do you guys think of that? Like, did you guys like that? Did you not like that? Like, because for me, I I was like, is that is that okay? Is that not okay? Like, I just thought, like, why are they going all over the place? Yes, they're going to do the time traveling thing, obviously. And it makes sense. But, like, did you guys enjoy that? Did you not enjoy that? I personally didn't enjoy it when it happened. I enjoy it now because five years into the future, this will give like, especially with COVID having an entire year off from movies uh, with, with new movies being released and, and whatnot. It's giving us a little bit of time for them to push out as many movies as they can. And like, it'll fit in that five year gap kind of mm-hmm. like, so by the time that we get, so that technically took place in 2018. So by 2023, will be caught up. So like all this yeah. stuff can either fit in between that movie time frame or like it'll happen all at the same time. Like phase four may all happen right at the same time instead of taking like a five year, hey, we're doing all this. Um I didn't like it at the moment. I did like some of the referencing though they did uh because Cap did a support group and when yeah. he comes back to Natasha, he says something about like there's whales in the harbor. And it was like that's actually really cool to see like like it was an environmental thing as well. So like they started to see like, Hey, some pollution's gone. Hey, there's this problem's gone. This problem's gone. Like he wasn't, it sucks being in this spot where people aren't here anymore, but there's still something good that's coming out of this, this tragedy. Well, it also shows how, how, how they were all feeling too. Cause like you could all, you could like five years has went by and that's still like, you know, really affecting the way that they do life every day. Absolutely. Like, has a support group natasha doesn't know what to do she's holding these you know skype meetings with people all over the you know other avengers and stuff but like it's just 
they just don't know what to do at that point because their life is literally in shambles. Yeah, Tony's quit the hero biz altogether, and it's just raising his daughter and taking a book, a page from Barton's book, moved out on a farm. Yeah, he he put oh, a I, cabin in the woods. Uh, I thought it was brilliant acting. I thought that was some of his best acting, Robert Downey Jr. When he comes off, when he comes back from um, from Titan, mm-hmm. he gets off the ship, and uh, Cap's like, "All right, so what do we do? What, where is he?" And and Tony just goes off and loses it, and he just passes out, and they put him in the hospital, and they have to. I'm not in the hospital, but they just they give him they give him the IV and, they, and all that. Yeah, yeah, but like when he rips his little you know his thing off and he hands it, he's like, "You you you keep that," and he just passes out. And like I thought that was the best. I think acting that Robert Downey Jr. did in those four movies, right there in that little scene. I I would agree. It yeah. it it made him very different in in that role. They they well rounded him out there because he was a smart mouth. He was a cocky. He was a billionaire. He like hey, he had everything, and then he finally realized, man, I can't. Maybe I can't do everything, and he was broken. It almost reminds me of the first Avengers film where. Captain like confronts him and says, "Well, what if you can't cut the wire?" And Tony finally re- realizes at this moment, he's like, "I there's nothing I can do to outsmart this. This is, this is how it ends. This is this is all I can, all I got to do is I can do, I can't do anything at this point. My, no intelligence can save me. No solu- I don't have a solution, which is probably a first for Tony ever. Yeah. So so they move forward. Um. And the group starts to get together, and they they figure out the time heist, and and Tony cracks time travel, and how to how to go through. So instead of passing time through somebody, uh, they they push the people through the time hole, and so with that, uh, what what were your guys' thoughts when they were pushing time through through Scott Lang, <laughs> when he was like old man, teenager, baby, all the different things? Like, what what were your thoughts on that? Just fit Scott Lang perfectly. What'd he say? It just fits Scott perfectly. Like I feel yeah, like Yeah, I was gonna a, say the yeah. same thing. Like and I don't think that there could have been a better play in man. Yeah. <laughs> and especially like in those little quirky moments where he he just fits the narrative perfect. And yeah, that was just a cool little thing that he did with that where he was, you know, like Jordan was saying, he's a baby and he's an adult and he's an old man and it was cool. And then he comes back as normal, and he's like, I think I pooped my pants, but I don't know which me <laughs> pooped my pants. And I'm like, th- between that and the taco, when the ta- when the, the ship lands and it blows his entire taco out, and like, he just sits there <laughs> defeated. Like, as someone who loves Mexican food myself, like, I just, I feel like it was one of those moments that I, I related to. I was like, I felt sad for him for the fact that he lost his taco. And then the Hulk just comes in and, and shares it. So, so moving forward, we're gonna look at uh, the Thor and being fat Thor. What was your guys' thoughts on that? It was funny at first, but I was almost sad because, like, you could see like he was like so depressed that like his home was gone, a lot of his people were gone just from the first um, Infinity War, just when Thanos attacked the ship and stuff. So it was like, oh, ha 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 that fat Thor but you're like oh he's an alcoholic and like a gamer and he's just trying to escape his emotions yeah he gave up I know my wife wasn't super happy about it because <laughs> no one's wife was right I was going to say that none of our wives would be happy about that probably um, I don't know if you guys have seen the picture of him 
uh, Chris Hemsworth. Um, I don't know if it's from Guardians 3 or Thor Love and Thunder, but he's really, really jacked again. <laughs> so um, there's hope, right? Moving yeah. forward that he's going to be jacked again. Um, I wasn't a big fan of it, but like, again, uh, when we did the MCU podcast, like, Thor's story is remarkable from losing everything. Um, his sister, his brother, his dad, his mom, uh, uh, wanting to be king, not getting to be king, finally getting to be king, losing his kingdom, and then uh, his goal was to kill Thanos, and then he does, he does it, and then he's like, well, I guess I did that, but then what was the actual reward? Because we didn't really achieve the goal that we were out to, to, to achieve, and he's like, I give up, and I'm going to play video games and eat pizza and uh, drink a lot, and he became Thor. Fat Thor, and... I was kind of hoping that, like, when they um, complete the time heist, they snap, you know, and everything supposedly goes back to normal, that he would he wouldn't be fat again. Like, it would just reverse what he <laughs> reverse what he went through. Yeah, I guess right. Um, I was I was hoping that was kind of like my theory, my fandom theory with going into Endgame was that I was hoping that they would get the time stone. They would snap it, and then they would all get to just live out their lives, not just Captain America. Like, Thor would go back to Asgard and, and be the king of Asgard and kind of live out that, that timeline. And then Iron Man would get to live out his timeline with, with Pepper and the kid, and, you know, it just didn't happen. But, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that, Fat Thor, but I know why they did it. Yeah. I, uh, I got to say, from someone who loves Planet Hulk, just seeing Korg and Meek show back up and, like, <laughs> Having oh, them be a part of it, yeah. like some of my favorite side characters. Uh, the, I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen moving forward because I'm like, it, it's just it's going to be good because uh, and Planet Hulk is where they they originate and Meek actually isn't like a small little slug. He's like a kind of like an antish like humanoid, yeah. and so he evolves and or like he becomes like the hive mind master. Uh, of this whole colony of, of the same type of person, but like he's missing one of his hands and all these things. And they put and, like a blade on his arm. Yeah, they, like they put the blade. Cool. It's amazing. And so so they do that, and then I think that's why they did the blades on his in in Ragnarok. Yeah. Uh, but but I think that those two will have good good moving forward. Uh, I think they'll be a part of it. Um, and uh, I'm gonna slaughter his name. Taika Waititi is that his name? The the director from yeah, Ragnarok. The director, yeah. Um. He plays Korg, so I have no doubt that he's going to be in it and, and keep moving forward, and I, I'm excited about that. Uh, but I, I think Fat Thor was, was done really well. Uh, they they explained things, and I'm really glad that it wasn't like – like I know that you wish that, oh, it would have fixed like Fat Thor, like you were saying, Micah. Um, I'm kind of glad that they didn't, and I'm really glad that the, the lightning didn't strike and him become regular Thor again at the end of the movie. So we're talking about the time heist, uh, and I think what was really cool was with some of the time heist stuff was you had the three different teams. You had your 2012, your 2013, and your 2014 teams. Because you in 2012 they went uh, and got the time stone, the soul stone, or not the soul stone, uh, the mind stone, and they went to go get the space stone. But then Loki got a hold of it, and I think Loki setting up Loki series was phenomenal and i if you haven't seen loki series yet it is really really good and we very much encourage it they don't pay us to say things like that that is just us saying it is that good and we encourage you to watch it but if they want to pay us to say stuff yeah like if, that. if disney <laughs> wants to pay us to start promoting all their stuff 
I will gladly give my number, and you guys can call me, and we can set stuff up. Get in the I comments. Will, yeah, yeah. Get in the comments. They have enough money. Yeah, literally, like, <laughs> I, just just to be sponsored by Disney and Marvel, I would love that. So uh, then you had your secondary team, which was uh, Rocket and Thor, and they have this cool moment uh, on Asgard, and, and like you were saying, mm-hmm. um, it was just that really cool moment where, uh, well. Well, not not that one. We'll we'll get back to yeah. the the one you were talking about a little bit earlier when yeah. we had a similar moment between Thor. And yeah, his Thor mother. and his mom. He got to have this moment, uh, which was really cool, and uh, and then he he feels worthy again, mm-hmm. and I think that was a huge stepping stone for him. And to pull not just th- have Rocket get the stone, but him get Mjolnir, uh, that was really really cool. Um, and then you had your third team that was 2014, which got the Power Stone and the Soul Stone, and that that was just done really well as well. Uh, and so we're going to go to the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, Casey, you were saying something about that. Yeah, so, like, my favorite part of the whole time heist was when Tony finally got to have, like, that moment with his father where his, like, his father kind of, like, told Tony, not to his face because he obviously doesn't know Tony that well, but, like, hey, I'm I'm super excited about my son being born. I'm super proud of him. I love him to death. Even though Tony never really got that from his father when he was like a teenager, we see it in um when is it Winter Soldier Civil War Civil War Civil oh. War where Tony and his dad didn't get really, really get along. Um, Tony doesn't really trust his father even in like the first Iron Man sort of situation with the whole weapons, even though it wasn't him. So it was kind of cool to finally see that come across. Like, hey, your dad loves you. That's awesome. I also loved that uh, Hank Pym had the original Ant-Man helmet sitting on his desk. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Like that, that was a cool nod. And then you had Peggy. Uh, you got to see her, which Peggy Carter uh, was not originally a character that was designed for all of this, but she just became a fan favorite from that and uh, from the first uh, Avenger. And so it was just it was done really well. I liked how Steve kind of it, it, it was one of those moments he looked at her. I kind of wish they hadn't written that part in solely because I would have loved to see him continue and uh, him and, and Agent 13, him and Sharon kind of, because mm-hmm. that's where in the comics, at least as far as I know, his his love interest is Sharon, uh, Sharon Carter. And so I was like, that would have been really cool just to continue seeing that happen. But that's okay. So what was your favorite part of the time heist, Micah? Uh, um. Probably when they went back to um, to get the power stone, and um, they see Star Lord just dancing like it's the beginning of the Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> and they're just sitting there, kind of like rolling their eyes. They're like, "Really, you're gonna steal this power stone?" And you're just sitting there screwing around and kicking stuff, and you know, skipping your way in there. And... Yeah, you see him kick the rat again, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yes, yeah, and then. Um, Probably that, uh, or in 2012 when they're in New York City, and Hulk is just throwing a fit because <laughs> they're telling him to take the stairs. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And he's like stairs, stupid <laughs> stairs. Like he's throwing a fit and he has to walk all the way down all the stairs. Uh, the, that's one of when the elevator parts. doors are shutting and they're like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> or when he's smashing yeah, he that threw, car and Bruce he is like, a fit about it, and uh, and he's like hitting stuff all the way down the staircase and. Uh, when he finally comes out, he's he throws a fit and he's screaming and, and, and you know, carrying on and that's when Loki snatches the the Tesseract and goes back in time again. Uh, well he he actually so that one doesn't uh, isn't a, uh the time, that's the space, so he just jumps over somewhere else. 
that's that's what I meant. I just that's when all that happens when yeah. it comes out of the yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, and you know, of course, you know, mentioning uh, Tony and his dad having that moment, I thought that was really cool. So, so all of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, the whole time heist was just great. Like the whole thing. Yes. So they come back. And everything seems kosher. They have all the stones, and then they create their own Infinity Gauntlet with nanotech Iron Man armor. Well, we're forgetting one big thing. Not everything was kosher. Natasha didn't come back. Yes. Oh, I don't want to. Natasha talk. and and uh, and Nebula was oh, compromised. Yeah. Nebula, yeah. Yeah. At that point, that Nebula was compromised. Yes. Um. And so, just trying to figure each of the pieces out going forward. Uh. You know, let well, I guess we could talk about Natasha and and mm-hmm. and, and Hawkeye. Yeah. So those two going at it. You have Red Skull, and he does his thing. He's like, you're gonna have to kill someone you love. Mm-hmm. And those two going at it. What were you guys' thoughts between the two uh, fighting, basically to kill themselves? Yeah, that was. I mean. Go ahead. Going back in time, knowing that it was going to have to happen again in order to get the Soul Stone, like you knew somebody was going to die, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, for me, I don't think it was as good as Thanos and, and Gamora. I thought there was more to that. I know that obviously uh, Natasha and, and Hawkeye had a really good relationship and, and deep feelings for one another. Uh, but I thought it meant more when, when Gamora and Thanos did that. But I don't know. I thought I thought it was a little. I don't know. I don't want cheesy's not the right word, but I just didn't feel it like I did when I felt that happened in Infinity War. If that makes sense, I agree with you there. I think it's one of the biggest problems when it comes to movies is you don't want to repeat the exact same thing, and yeah. so they were like, "We have the same situation. How do we change it enough that it doesn't feel like it's the exact same thing?" I'm going to have to disagree with you. I actually liked it a lot um, because when um, it, what it reminded me of was go back to those biblical stories and where Jesus says, there's no greater love to lay down your life for a friend. They were literally fighting to like who, you know, like we love our friends and we want them back and we love each other so much that we don't want the other one to have to make the sacrifice. So we're going to do it. That was just my take on it. Not to say your guys, this was, I, I agree. I understand the. That's why we record these because we all have different. Yeah, everybody has different thoughts, and that yeah. it keeps us all in different perspectives. Yeah. So they all get back, and then uh, Thanos's from 2014. Thanos's ship comes through a very ill-prepared Thanos because he didn't have those extra four years to truly grasp what he was about to do, and so you have a little bit cockier of a, a Thanos. I feel mm-hmm. yeah. uh, coming in, and he brings a massive army. And Hulk snapped with the the nano gauntlet, and then I mean, what was your guys' thoughts on the fact that like it it tore his arm apart? Well, you know, rewind it a little bit um, when they were trying, they were like fighting over who was actually going to do it. Thor wanted to do it, and he didn't, you know. And and Banner was like, you know, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be because of the whole Gamma thing. Um, I thought. That it was um, it was well done, uh, just showing the gravity of how powerful the stones were. Um, then, even after he snapped um, the gauntlet, like they were like, "Did it work?" Like it wasn't like 
it was similar to Infinity World because you didn't really know what was going to happen. Yeah. Right? You didn't know what was going to happen when they finally got the stones and they finally snapped it. And, um, you know, going into, like, the suffering that, that Hulk had to go through, even even though he was, you know, what he was made of, like, it still affected him a, a great deal. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It shows how powerful the stones were because all the way leading up to this movie, it's always an argument, uh, who's the stronger Avenger, Thor, Hulk, Thor, Hulk. But it's not like, yeah. no, it's Tony. It's not Cap, or it's Captain. It's it's always one of those two that generally gets thing. And then you see this thing just burn Hulk's arm. <laughs> yeah. Like, Terrible part. You're like, oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I, and it was like, go ahead. No, I was going to say with what Jordan said, you know, moving a little bit forward, like when Thanos shows up, like, you know, they're they're thinking that, hey, life is back to normal, so to speak, because uh, it was a Hawkeye's phone rang and he, you know, his wife called him and he was able to talk to her um, and everything was kind of back to normal, so to speak. But uh, when they bombed the crap out of the Avengers compound, oh, my gosh, like... <laughs> They were like, there's going to be nothing left. There's no way that they that any of them were going to live through that. Yeah. Because of how how much Thanos just annihilated it. I Absolutely. Mean, did you guys feel that way too? Yeah. I I was I was questioning. I was like, how is anybody going to survive this? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that first that first uh, hit when Ant Man's helmet immediately like covers his head and like he flies backwards. I'm like, did he Ant Man just die? Like, are yeah. we going to see an Ant Man number three? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just the the impact alone, I was like, "Whoo!" Um, what was your favorite scene? Okay, so so I, I guess we'll we'll move forward a little bit. So, uh, you start to see the big three from Marvel. You've got Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man, and they all start fighting Thor, or, or not Thor, uh, start fighting Thanos, and things start moving forward. Before, uh, all of the the heroes assemble. What was your favorite part of the big three fighting Thanos? I feel like there was, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like there was a parallel at one point to Civil War where, like, Bucky and Captain were beating on Iron Man, where there was a similar thing where Iron Man and Cap were, like, beating on Thanos. And I was like, yes, finally, we're back together. It's the Avengers again. Yeah. I mean, you could obviously say the hammer. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the hammer. That doesn't happen until after the fact, right? No. He. Uh, doesn't that happen? Does that happen before, after the the whole, everybody comes back? I think because he, he 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 tightens his strap and it's literally hurting him, and then that's when he because he he's ready to stand yeah, by himself. He, he already had he already had the hammer, so he has a broken shield and the hammer, gotcha. and yep. and then goes to fight by himself an entire army, and. Uh, I feel like that's too easy of an answer, but like my one of like one of the favorite lines in the movie is like when Thor Thor knew it, right? He's like, I knew it. Yeah. And his face lit up for the first time in that entire movie. Um I think that was that was it for me. I mean, even though I'm not a big Captain America fan and I don't you know, I just was like, Really? You're gonna let him do that? I love later <laughs> just, when when he um, they have the opposite one, like Thor has like the hammer. He's like, no, 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 no that, that one's one. mine. <laughs> I personally, I like, I'm not a massive Iron Man fan, but I loved when Thor grabs uh, Mjolnir and, and Stormbreaker. He he goes and like 
lightning strikes him. His beard gets all magically braided together. Yeah. <laughs> and and then he double shoots both lightning from from both weapons. He shoots lightning into the back repulsor piece that collects all the the energy. And then like his his repulsor blasts are that much heavier on Thanos. I was like, that was that was a good way. Like it, it gave throwback to Avengers with that. Uh, I mean, there was some Civil War throwdown between mm-hmm. Cap and Iron Man and Thor all like kind of beaten together. And it was just there was a lot of throwbacks in those moments. Uh, what was your guys' thoughts on? Well, because uh, we, we are starting to run out of time. So I'm going to ask the last question here. What was your thoughts uh, on the ending of the full battle and, and all that kind of what was your favorite part in that that battle sequence on your left? Because <laughs> we, like we've been saying, we love Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Cap. Yeah. On your left, and he just—they all come out of the things, and you're just like, "This is going to be amazing." And then instant kill mode, as I mentioned. In the I last feel episode. like I feel like that's too easy of an answer. And like when I was in, I was going to say that, but like in my, in the theaters when uh, we saw it twice in the theaters, and I saw it, I took my dad to see it, and because. You know, in the last episode we talked about Infinity War. He watched Infinity War at my house when mm-hmm. we took him to the theaters, and he was so upset that everybody had died, like died. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, when they came through the portals, he was like, "Yes, yes, right." <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. um, but my, but my favorite, I think, if it wasn't like on your left, it was when Tony realized that Spider-Man was okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And like there was yes. that moment, and they hugged each other, and it was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for setting that moment up. Makes me want to cry thinking about it, but yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't mention it in the last episode, but like that Tom Holland line where he's like, I'm sorry, like was totally, I don't know that it was improv, but like Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. is like, this kid is the best actor I have ever seen. Because you, so in, in, uh, at the first, in the first part of Endgame, when Tony's kind of living his life, raising his kid, mm-hmm. you know, living with Pepper and Cabin. And he's drying the dishes, and he's fi- he's figuring out time travel, he's and got he the dries off the picture, and it's a picture of him and, and Spider Man, uh, just as as normal people, not as the superheroes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he felt incredibly bad for the way things happened on Titan and Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And so um, when he he just fizzles away, and he says, "Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark," mm-hmm. and um, you know when he finally realizes that he's okay, like that's just a big moment. And then. He dies. It's like, oh, crushes you every time. I cry every time I watch that movie. (laughs) There's a there's a spot where Wasp and Ant Man are together, and Cap's calling out some some plays and whatnot. And he's like, "We got to get to the to the van." And she's like, "All right, Cap." And and one of the things was, I think it was in Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm -hmm. He says something to her uh, to the effect that only only like his friends call him cap or something yeah. like that like it was one of those he moments called him cap and i think she was like giving him flack about like call yeah. cap you mean captain america yeah. yeah and so so they they have that moment and then she like kind of smiles at at scott and scott smiles back and like it was one of those moments i also really loved throwing mjolnir and spider-man just <laughs> and just like throws the <laughs> web and he's like holding on for dear life to the to yeah. the infinity gauntlet and he's flying through everybody and i was like it kind of made me reminisce the the Ant Man on the on Hawkeye's arrow. Oh yeah, kind of made me think of that. Like, all right, all right, shooty guy or, or bow and arrow guy. Like, you 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 shoot me when you're ready, and like 
he just yeah. like caught it real quick and just started flying. And then when he lands and Carol's like, hi. And he's like, I'm, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> and, and she's like, hi, Spider-Man. I'm Carol. <laughs> can I, can I have did that? You guys, did you guys ever watch the bonus scenes like the, of Endgame? Yeah. I have not. No. So did you guys, the one where at the, this is where Tony dies at the mm-hmm. end of the movie and they all take a knee. Oh my gosh. And then Gamora and, and, then, Gamora, and then Gamora just kind of stares at him awkwardly and this is the the, the alternate universe, yeah. Yeah, and she just kind of walks away. And I'm like that was kind of weird. Everybody's like bawling their eyes out and she's just like peace, I'm out. Like <laughs> it was so weird. Hmm. Yeah. I I remember that one that was one of those scenes that I kind of wish was in the movie that they all would have paid the homage to, but I also kind of don't think that Iron Man's going to be fully dead. I think that he'll come back at some point. Um, one of the videos I watched this morning, uh, one of the YouTube guys I follow, he mentioned that in the What If series that mm-hmm. Tony's already agreed to do like an alternate version of Iron Man, even though it's a cartoon. Like he's going to do the voiceovers and he's going to be a part. So, yeah. So, you know. uh, speaking of that, one of the What Ifs is instead of Hulk flying off and landing, that uh, we're going to have a Hulk Buster. Uh, fighting in the the Sakar uh, gladiator fight, and it's Tony, yeah. and his his thing's gonna shift. They uh they released a Lego set on that, and so it's gonna be one of those really cool things. So with that, guys, we are out of time. This is our longest episode so far. Thank you so much for for hanging out and doing this uh, two parts with me, guys. Uh, had a lot of fun. Talked a lot about superheroes, and so uh, we will catch all of you listeners next time here on Nerd Talk. But uh, between episodes make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram like i said at the last episode in about a month month and a half or so uh we will be doing a special guest uh i am currently working on getting some guys to come in and join me they are minor celebrities as i will call them but i'm super excited to get these guys in here uh so just be praying for us uh keep your eyes open your ears open uh and make sure to uh, follow us on facebook and instagram and we will let you guys know more information as it happens Thank you guys so much, and we will catch you next time on Nerd Talk. Love you 3000.